0: In this episode, we're going to hear three very weird and strange encounters. But before we get to the stories, I want to mention there are two new channels of mine that you should definitely check out. The first is Donovan Dread 2, where I release the same great content, just a little shorter in length. Then there's Dread Captures, where we analyze various encounters that were captured on video, that were sent into to us, or that are available online. So, if you're digging my content, make sure to hit that subscribe button and I'll keep narrating these creepy encounters. Now, let's get to the stories. Hi, Donovan. I've been listening to your show for a while now, and I'm finally writing in with me and Goldie's story. It's just as much as her story as it is mine. See, Goldie is a golden retriever who's been with our family for over five years now, and she loves to go camping with us. I have a travel trailer that I use quite a bit. Almost every weekend in the summer, my son and my wife and I are camping at some campground. We live in Ohio, but we do go all over to camp. This one weekend in June, we didn't travel too far, and we camped at Mohican State Park. It was the second day that I was there. I was taking Goldie for a walk along the river trail. We had been walking for about 30 minutes, when I heard something from off the trail come barreling through the woods. I thought it was a deer or possibly a black bear, but then it stops, like it must have caught wind of us or something. Goldie steps out in front of me and starts doing this low growl at the woods. She sensed that something was off right away, and the motion from this thing startled her at first. And I'm standing there, and I can't see anything because the woods are pretty thick in that area. I started to pull at her lead, signaling to her that we need to turn around and go back, but she wouldn't budge. Then I start to hear this thing coming out of the woods. It's slowly making its way to the trail. I start yelling in case it's a bear, saying, Get out of here, bear! But what happened next shocked me to my core. I'm yelling, and Goldie is there growling like I've never seen her before. She's such a mild-mannered dog. And a total sweetheart. This monstrous, and I mean monstrous, figure comes walking out of the woods, making all kinds of noises while it's walking. Twigs and branches are snapping all over the place. It's covered in this long dark fur from head to toe, except for its face. And it stares right at me with its beady eyes and it raises its one hand. Now, I'm not sure what it was doing, but it put its arm over its head and it stood there making this grunting sound. Goldie at this point is going nuts. She's barking her head off, and it seems like this thing is annoyed at all the barking, and starts to cover its ears. I'm trying to hold on to the lead as best as I can, because Goldie just won't stop. This giant beast looks at Goldie, and then turns and goes back into the woods. She wouldn't leave for another minute or so, because I think she wanted to make sure the threat was gone. We eventually get back to camp, and I tell my wife and my kid about the entire experience. It was crazy, to say the least. We ended up going home later that afternoon. I did tell one of the local rangers about the incident, but I think he just passed it off as a black bear. That thing was a Sasquatch. I have no doubt in my mind, and my sweet girl saved me from whatever that thing intended to do. I've been down on my luck plenty of times, and I've learned to never look down on people. I've been the guy on the side of the road with my thumb sticking out as cars drive on by. That's why I decided to stop that night, because I knew how he must have been feeling. I really wish I hadn't. I was on my way home from Harrisburg, heading back to Philly. I know most of the state like the back of my hand, having spent a few years as a short-range delivery driver. So when I hit the stalled traffic caused by all the road work, I knew what back streets and alternate routes I could turn to. It was one of those lesser-traveled roads that I encountered the man. He was slowly walking down the shoulder, thumb hung lazily in the air. At first, I drove past him, despite what I said about the looking-down-on-people thing. I was a little bit hesitant to let somebody in my car right then. There really wasn't a whole lot around and I couldn't imagine where he was heading to, or coming from. But the angel on my shoulder won the battle, and after about a mile, I made a U-turn and I pulled up alongside him. I could see through my rolled-down window that he was a middle-aged guy, clean-shaven with his short, cropped brown hair. He was wearing jeans and a denim jacket, and had a thick rucksack flung over one shoulder. He was holding something small and flat, in the crook of his elbow, but I couldn't make out what it was. He seemed alarmed when I first pulled up. I guess he wasn't really expecting anyone to pick him up from the side of the road. I introduced myself through the window and let him know which direction I was headed, and told him he could ride with me if he wanted to. He hesitated at first, but quickly decided that it beat walking alone on a dark road, in the dead of night. He opened the door and climbed in. He introduced himself as Ken, and Ken smelled absolutely wretched. I wasn't sure how long he had been on the road, and knew that a few days without a shower can really do a number on anyone. Not wanting to make him feel self-conscious, I just kept the windows rolled down and made some small talk. He didn't really go into details on where he was going. He said that he had family in the Northeast, and that he had set out a few days ago to make the trek. I had known plenty of guys with hobo-ish tendencies, and even had some myself. Despite all the urban legends, they usually weren't that bad. Some were even a good time to be around. They just kind of lacked guidance and ambition. And talking to Ken, it seemed like he fell short on both. After about maybe a half hour of driving down the nearly deserted road, I asked him about the thing he was carrying. He had placed it on his lap and was covering it with his hands. He became uneasy, so I dropped it. At one point, though, I caught a glimpse of something in my rearview mirror. Not a light, but rather a dark shape right behind the car. I asked Ken if he saw it. He said no, but when I peeked over at him, I could see that some of the color had drained from his face. I didn't see it again until we continued on in silence, until a short while later, when I had to answer nature's call, I pulled over to the side of the road and told Kent that I would be right back. He was a nice enough guy, but I took the keys with me anyway. When I went to get out of the car, Ken grabbed me by the arm and asked me to please not take long. He wasn't rough, but something in his voice struck me as odd. It sounded like fear, almost panic, even. I assured him I would be quick and walked about 30 yards away up to the tree line. I had just started to do my business when, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something darting from the wood line towards my car. Whatever it was, it was moving pretty fast. Two more formless shadows followed it an instant later. Then, another one on my left. This all happened in the span of about two seconds, and before I could zip up and turn around, I heard a scream from behind me coming from my car. I spun around and was caught with a bizarre spectacle. Those darting figures were now running in a full circle around my car. The shadows weren't anything material, and in fact, even seemed to grow and shrink in size and shape. Ken locked eyes with me through the open window, staring at me in dead silence. I had the keys in my pocket, and there was no way for him to roll it up. I was too in awe of what I was seeing to make any kind of rational decision. The forms just kept racing and racing around my car, a blur of erratic shapes. Suddenly, one of the shadows dove through the window, and Ken started screaming. He had been wearing a seatbelt, and I was close enough to hear his bones shattering. The blurred form seemed to have Ken by the legs, and started dragging him across the road. All the other shapes now converged with the one carrying Ken. The thing underwent some kind of sick transformation, taking on the full mass of all the combined shadows. The end result was this massive creature, probably 12 feet, if not more. It had defined legs and arms now, one hand wrapped around Ken's legs. The head seemed to be in the shape of a bull, an immense rack of antlers crowning its head. The beast moved quickly into the forest on the far side of the road. I could hear Ken's screams for some time before they faded away. I was trying to contain my terror. I realized that my entire body was shaking so violently that I cracked a tooth. I stumbled over to my car, resting against the passenger side door, and trying to decipher what in the hell just happened. I happened to be looking down through the open window, and on the floor beneath where Ken had been sitting, there was a book. There were strange symbols on the cover, one I recognized as a pentagram. I flipped through the book and felt bile start to rise in my throat. I couldn't understand any of the writing. It was in a language I had never seen before, and it certainly wasn't Latin. The sickening part was that the ink appeared to be dried blood in some parts. Other parts actually seemed to have been written with human fecal matter. I dropped the book to the ground and ran around to my driver's side door. Before I got in, though, I caught the sight of Ken's rucksack sitting in the back seat. With trepidation, I removed it and untied the flap. The bag was filled with the remains of, well, I don't know what. There were bones with meat and flesh still attached. And while I tried to tell myself that none of it was human, a part of me knew that it was. I threw the bag onto the grass as far as I could. I got in my car and drove full speed down the road not looking back once. I never went to the police. What was I going to tell them? I picked up a hitchhiker and a demon carried him off into the woods and I threw out his bag of human remains. That was probably an easy way to end up on a watch list somewhere. No, I didn't do anything at all. Ken or whoever he was was obviously mixed up in some kind of dark and evil affair. One which I wanted no part of. Whatever it was that night, it left me well enough alone, and I plan on keeping that way. I'm only telling this story so it can serve as a warning. Be careful who you stop for when driving down dark and lonely roads. I was a teenager, and I was still in high school. Occasionally, my mom and I would drive around for hours to places that we didn't even know about, just aimlessly driving to some place that would get us away from everything. We found many cool areas doing this. Now, the reason for it wasn't very pleasant. I'd rather not go into details about it. But at least we have the memories we do. It was a particularly bad day. My mom picks me up from school. She got to leave work early and she says that we were going for another drive. I never complained because I knew my mom was dealing with enough already, so I did everything I could to make her happy. That meant smiling and sucking it up. It also meant never complaining about spending too much time in the car. I did have siblings, but they were always with their friends. I had friends, but none that I really hung out with outside of school. I suppose I was more of a lone wolf than a social type. This meant that I was mom's only company during the tougher days and I knew how much that meant to her. It meant a lot to me too. As we were driving, the sky gets pretty gray. It looked like we were going to be driving in the rain and I was okay with that. My mom was driving some time before I realized that we were in the foothills and from this area, we started heading up towards the mountains. We hadn't been to this area before. It was pretty cool. It was very green and the road was full of all sorts of crazy twists and turns. My mom liked driving on roads like that. It made her feel invincible, I think. There's a point in time when we get to a flat area. I assumed it was the very top of this mountain. There's a road that leads straight ahead, but there's these weird gates. They sort of reminded me of those railroad gates that can open and close. They happened to be open. It looked really weird, but we were both very curious about it. So we went in. There were a few huge metal boxes that looked like transformers or something. I figured they were somehow connected to the gate that we drove through. All around us is this really cool wooded area. We followed the road for some time. Eventually, we hit a dead end. At the end of the road was this enormous body of water. It looked like a lake, but it seemed to turn into rivers that led off into two different directions. It seemed peaceful, and that's what my mom needed. We climbed out of the car and start to walk around this small area of land. If you were looking at the body of water from our car, there were different elements to notice. The first being that the area of land that we stood on obviously wrapped around the lake, but it was weird because we both couldn't walk on any of the sides. We were stuck in the dead center of the lake. This was partly due to the area on the left and the right of us being very steep and covered in rocks. There were two river-type things, as I mentioned, but they sort of swerved out to the northeast and northwest. It created this V-shape almost. And then, dead ahead of us, was another area of land that was pretty far away from us. It was an interesting area for sure. I hadn't seen anything like it before. It was the most pure silence I've ever heard in my whole life. No cars, no background noise. But there weren't any other noises either, which made it kind of eerie. We were out in nature, but we couldn't hear any signs of it, like birds or crickets or any flying insects. It was dead quiet. It started to sprinkle the tiniest bit of rain, and even that sound seemed amplified. I remember my mom saying, This is weird, huh? It really was very weird. And I didn't think it could get much weirder, but it did. We looked out into the body of water and watched the small raindrops hitting the surface. The surface of the lake was super still, like freakily still. Like I've never seen water so still, not even in a bathtub. So that's what made what we saw much more horrifying. As we looked out towards this body of water, we saw something rather large splash the water upwards. The sound alone was enough to frighten me. A loud splash after hearing nothing for several minutes was quite shocking, but the enormity of whatever forced the water up was unexplainable. I don't think it could have been a fish. If it was, that fish was humongous. I hadn't noticed prior, but I noticed at this point that there was this weird series of smaller objects sitting above the water off to my left they almost looked like a row of rocks peeking out of the water. It must have not caught my eye before, being that the sides were pretty much covered by large rocks. But as soon as we saw that splash, and the gigantic ripples it created in the lake, I started to wonder if those rocks weren't really rocks at all, but the back of something large hidden under the water. All of this observation took no time at all, and if I'm being truthful, I was much too frightened to stand there much longer. My mom started to usher me into the car, saying that we needed to leave. So we got into the car and left. I would have thought that my mind was playing tricks on me. All of what we had experienced was truly, for lack of better words, creepy. And my mom started revisiting the events out loud as we drove. Everything she was saying was exactly what I saw, too. I can still hear her words. That wasn't a fish. It couldn't have been, right? All I know is whatever it was made me so scared. I wouldn't step foot near another lake or river again. I just won't. (laughs) Thanks for watching and let me know what you think of these stories in the comments below. Don't forget that you can listen to my episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I try to upload every single day on this channel and on Donovan Dread 2 where I release shorter content. Same great encounters, just a little bit shorter. Also, if you want to see crazy encounters captured on trail cams, then check out Dread Captures. It's part of the Dread Network, where we go over live footage of very strange encounters that are sent into the Facebook group or videos that are circulating on the web. Last, but certainly not least, check out Lilith Dread. She releases the same great content daily on her channel. You'll find all these links below. Thanks and take care.